Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. This week, I'm with Fritz Sen, who has been in charge of the Zurich James Joyce Foundation since 1985. Fritz has been writing authoritative comments, footnotes, essays, and entire books on Joyce for many years. Yet he claims that it all goes back to an early amateur liking for Joyce. You didn't know from the beginning that you were going to be a Joyce scholar. Sure you didn't? I certainly did. I didn't even know much about Joyce or anything. I remember vaguely in a history of English literature that brought it up, there was a something of a Joyce with a strange, uh, of a dark city. And I always remembered it as Edinburgh, oddly enough, and not Dublin. And it was really my professor um, in Zurich when somebody did a talk about the dead who had interviewed Joyce when he came to Zurich. He was the professor of English and went, rose to the occasion, and that's the last interview we have. And then he talked about uh, Joyce. I read Dubliners then, was not too impressed at the time, and when I came to England in an exchange year, I had no money, but I thought I'd try my wits Hmm. against Joyce. My my English is acquired, of course. It's not a native speaker. Um, And I wanted to test it. I also thought it's an important author with some connections to Zurich. And it was supposed to be a dirty book. Hmm. Obviously, and they couldn't get dirty books then, you know. uh, know, uh, I was disappointed in this respect, I must say that quite (laughs) frankly. uh, (laughs) So I bought the copy. uh, Was, I think... A guinea. That was yes. quite a lot of my money a lot of then. Money for a book in those and days. Uh, started. When I I remember I looked up the word Barbican on the, the first page uh-huh. and gun rest that I didn't find, and I struggled through it. There was no help, hmm. and I don't know what I got out of it. Stately, plump Buck Mulligan came from the stairhead, bearing a bowl of lather on which a mirror and a razor lay crossed. A yellow dressing gown, ungirdled, was sustained gently behind him by the mild morning air. He held the bowl aloft and intoned, Introibo ad altare dei. Halted, he peered down the dark winding stairs and called up coarsely, Come up, Kinch! Come up, you fearful Jesuit! Solemnly he came forward and mounted the round gunrest. He faced about and blessed gravely thrice the tower, the surrounding country, and the awaking mountains. I somehow continued when I went back to Zurich. It was a kind of a, a pastime. Um, I even went from London, where I was, on an excursion to to Dublin, uh, from Houston to it was a, a Friday evening to Sunday morning. I had spent one day in Dublin and a rainy day in, in May. We went to Sandy Mount, yes. not I knew it was the wrong tower, but at least it was a tower. And so I had a vague memory, which always blurred yes. with the uh, with reading. Yes, mm. that was your first time coming to Dublin. What, uh, what year was, was that? It was in 52, 1952. And you were still a student when you I did that? I was a student on an exchange. We had to yes. learn English in, in England. Now, you became, I think, a proofreader, didn't you? I had to, uh, as a livestock, I uh, had a family and had to earn a living, and there was proofreading then in a rather dull uh, printing place. That's a very very unsatisfactory job because the best you can get is zero. Yeah. You don't you but, don't miss a mistake. But it's a good training for it's, being you a, have a, to be ac- a yeah. decoder of the accurate, holy text. Of course. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. did you have to take on that work before you'd completed your studies? 
Yeah, I never completed the studies. I say they were just. I was also most unhappy and shy and didn't quite know what to do. And and yet you have now honorary doctorates from many universities. You who never completed a basic degree. Yeah. Well, I, I have a very strange uh, position in a way. Uh, those who are um, freaks in a particular area, they find each other. You know, flock yeah. together. <laughs> when we had the first symposium in '67, which was uh, organized, I know the newspapers were quite scathingly funny about us. You know, there were these lot. Usually Americans come to teach the Irish literature. And, uh, Did, is it true that uh, somebody in the Irish Times said you were the greatest bunch of chancers? Uh, that, no, it was the opening of the Holy Door. Uh, mm. It was then in the Bailey. I met Seamus Kelly later on, and he said to somebody, I never met a great bunch of phonies. And I, yeah. I, I asked him to put it down in my guest book, which he did. Yeah. And later on, we got on fairly well. Do you think that many of the great breakthroughs in the understanding of Joyce have been made not by accredited academics, but by, as you say, eccentrics like yourselves yeah. on the edge of the yeah. field. I think so. I mean, there are a few of them. Uh, Adeline Glesheen was one. Um, and why is it? Is, is it that Joyce's, well, Joyce's world is so unorthodox anyway that it appeals to I would say there are two, two tracks. One yeah. clearly is the academic one. Mm. And for a time, Joyce was a good investment. You know, if you do Joyce, you'll get a career. Uh, and interestingly enough, I must say, the Joyce stock has never gone down. I always thought there would be a slump, but somehow <laughs> there hasn't been. And then there are the others who do it because they like it for some reason. Um, their disadvantage, they have to earn a living, as I had. On the mm. other hand, when you're not into academia, your free time is your free time. And they, ha they have enthusiasm, yes. often misguided and things like that. But there's the, whereas academics often, and I, I, looked, uh, I looked at it from the sidelines, often had to produce something in order to have publications. And that's the way they often are. Nevertheless, it must be very strange whether you're a professional scholar in a prairie university in the United States or a proofreader in Zurich, it must be very strange trying to master all the nuances of yeah. Dublin life around 1904. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that must have been a code that took some cracking. As they turned into Barclay Street, a street organ near the basin sent over and after the morollicking, rattling song of the halls. Has anybody here seen Kelly? K-E-L-L-Y. Dead March from Saul. He's as bad as old Antonio. He left me on my own EO. Pirouette. The Mater Misericordiae. Eccles Street. My house down there. Big place. Ward for incurables there. Very encouraging. Our Lady's Hospice for the Dying. Dead house handy underneath, where old Mrs. Reardon died. They look terrible, the women her feeding cup and rubbing her mouth with a spoon, then the screen round her bed for her to die. Nice young student that was, dressed that bite the bee gave me. He's gone over to the lying-in hospital, they told me, from one extreme to the other. Yeah, I must say I have very, very few requirements to rejoice. In the first, my, I say my English is acquired at school, and I also I wasn't brought up in the Catholic tradition, so I was really an outsider. And what helped me, I often think, is a kind of language, the attraction of what you can do with language. That, in a way, fascinated me. Mm. Don't you think that for Irish people, English is a foreign language anyway? Yeah. And, and, and that whether it's Joyce or Beckett or Yeats, they are using it with a yeah. certain lack of respect yeah. even. Yeah. Now, I have some uh, favourite... Um, 
topic that I often talked about. Uh, Joyce is writing foreign English. Yes. Uh, treats English as a foreign language. Yes. Or shows that every language is also foreign. Hmm? Do you ever feel in reading Joyce that it is also a translation? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, uh, one of my... I've always been interested in translations, of course. Uh, simply, hmm. I wanted to see things I like. How do they do it in German? And, of course... Uh, normally you can't. I mean, it's uh, uh, defective through nobody's fault. But the f problems are fascinating. I'm just now. We are doing something at the end of Oxen of the Sun, and mm. they say the Leith police dismisseth us. That is not difficult linguistically. You do it into German, but we now know, thanks to Joyce's own words, that this was a sobriety test. Your attention, or an the Leith. Police dismisseth us, the leith, the leith. Where hawks from the chap puking, unwell in his abominable regions. <coughs> Night, mourn my true love. <coughs> mourn my own love. <coughs> you can translate literally, and it makes no sense. Leith has nothing to do with it as far as I know, uh, or do you put in a native uh, tongue twister or something like that? What is the most important thing? What are the priorities, you know, mm. of something? Well, the Leith police dismisseth, dismisseth yeah. us, mm -hmm. and you have the double S in the middle yeah, yeah. of dismisseth mm -hmm. with the yeah, yeah. biblical TH. Mm -hmm. I suppose, I mean, it is a sobriety test, and that's why Joyce has it at the close of a chapter mm -hmm. where everyone's pretty pissed. Yeah, yeah. It's mm -hmm. also, isn't it, to do with Hiberno-English, that people like me are supposed, as a student once told me, not to be able to pronounce the TH sound. Uh -huh. Irish people don't do that yeah, because yeah, we I don't see. have it in Irish. Yeah, yeah, I see. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's yeah, so complicated, yeah, yeah. even a single sentence. Yeah, like I mean, that. that's what interested me behind every uh, thing. There's so much vibrations and things like that. And you, there's always something more. As I say, I didn't know, know that about the, the yeah. age thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A number of the more hostile English critics, like F.R. Leavis, yeah. have said that, yes, Joyce is obsessed by language in the ways we're yeah. both agreeing. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that the text develops only at the instigation of language and not from the pressure no, of felt experience. No, I, I never felt that. And I do this in Zurich when people are afraid of uh, that we read it, uh, to bring out the humanity. The humanity, it's a very uh, touching book. It is very sad, and it's, it's wonderfully comical. Uh, and I feel myself, uh, since I usually talk language, Yes. Uh, what I see and enjoy is a deep understanding of human failure. Now, a point came at which you gave up the proofreading and yeah. became, in a sense, a full-time Yeah, well, well I moved, uh, I must say, I moved into a publishing house, then became an uh, editor uh, in, a, in a real publishing uh, fiction, and I was comparing translation. But then, when I was actually in 82, they fired me, there was a restructuring. This was in the centenary of Joyce's It was happened to be in the centenary, and it caused a bit of a stir at that time. Uh, and then some people tried to do something, and somehow approached the Swiss bank that had bought the Joyce, James Joyce pub, that was Juris Bar. And then, so they set up that Joyce Foundation in, in 85, uh, which has now been going, going for 27 years. Yeah, and of course, Joyce had lived key years during World yeah, War yes. One, for instance, in Zurich, and ended up in Zurich at the, yep. the latter yep. stages of his life. Did you run into any oral 
tradition about Joyce in all your time uh, talking no, of about Of course, when Joyce died, I was 13 years old. By the way, I, I always hope somebody asks me, did you ever meet, meet Joyce? And I can say, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, well, if there's reincarnation, uh, yeah. you yeah, might yeah. both I mean, synchronise. If I come up with a story how I met him, though, you can't... You can't, can't fault it, you know. So, no. but I haven't uh, come up with a good one yet. But, if you, Irish enough, but if you were you know. an Irish person, you yeah. would have met him many times. I know. Before. Yeah, obviously. Uh, well, there's still time and, for and him. Did you meet his son Giorgio? Yes, uh, in 1966, the old grave after 25 years um, was used again, and they put up a statue in Zurich hmm. uh, in on Bloomsday 1966, and the whole family came. I'd like to ask you, uh, her son, how yesterday's Magnificent Bloomsday came about. For 25 years, Joyce has been buried in a little quiet, secluded grave in Flunton Cemetery. Many people thought that this little grave did not do justice to Joyce's significance as a writer. So the city council decided to erect a monument. The family of James Joyce had to be asked for approval, and Mr. George Joyce approved of the models, and finally, a wonderful bronze statue of James Joyce could be dedicated. And a great day it was, and I think I credit to you and to everybody from the city of Zurich, and uh, no blood flowed and no claws were on view. Donna McDonough was in Zurich, and mm. John Garvin, mm. and for the first symposium 67 they invited Giorgio as the guest of honour. Yes. And then he then he came. He was always a bit gruff, uh, uh, not easily approachable. Uh. Hmm. Do you think he found it difficult? He must have, being James Joyce's son. Yeah, I don't think it's easy to live in the genitive. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> especially when they're good. And obviously he had no interest in, in his father's work. Uh, I have told this quite often on, on Bloomsday in 67, we went out to the tower. Hmm. It was a beautiful day, and we went on top, and he, with his loud uh, voice, said, Oh, it's very nice. Why are we here? Oh, so we said, uh, You know, your father lived here. It's the first chapter of Ulysses. And then we ended up in in Davy Burns. And hmm. again, he said, Why are we here? It's strange to think of that scene um, at the end of the Circe chapter in Ulysses, where Bloom sees his yep. own son. Yes reading what looks like a Hebrew book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the son is oblivious yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. of the father. Yeah. Um, it's almost like a forecasting image of what yeah, you just yeah, described. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Against the dark wall, a figure appears slowly, a fairy boy of 11, a changeling, kidnapped, dressed in an Eton suit with glass shoes and a little bronze helmet, holding a book in his hand. He reads from right to left inaudibly, smiling, kissing the page, Bloom, wonderstruck, calls inaudibly. Rudy. Rudy gazes unseeing into Bloom's eyes and goes on reading, kissing, smiling. He has a delicate mauve face. In his free left hand he holds a slim ivory cane with a violet bow knot. A white lambkin peeps out of his waistcoat pocket. Well, I mean, it's certainly true that Joyce said to Giorgio after the Easter Rising that someday they might go back to Ireland and wear uh -huh. the green. And, and Joyce added, of course, he would only go back to the country to be its first and foremost critic. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were, though, living in Zurich when the 1916 Rising happened. Ah, yes, they were. Yeah. Oddly enough, I know exactly where. There was an old dumpy house in the meantime. It was very uh, narrow and, and, and constrained, and that must have been... I once asked a student to find in the newspaper what our Zurich newspaper said about the Easter Rising. They said very little, and mm. it all came through British censorship, of course. And we, ha- we don't have any letter where Joyce asks about it, and yet he must have been worried. Hmm. And he must have written to his family. Now, in the Joyce Centre in Zurich, you don't just have a huge collection of texts, which are, of course, a great service to the many students you offer scholarships to to come and study with you there. You also have a museum of objects, don't you? We have objects. We we collect. I mean, Joyce is, on one hand, very realistic, of course. We we have a... um, a biscuit tin, a Jacob's biscuit tin, maybe a later vintage, but still a genuine, so we can have so Joyce is, in Olympics. this Olympic. is like the biscuit tin, the citizen yeah, threw we can Mr. play Bloom. Joyce in Olympics. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. plum trees, potted meat. We yeah. have these jars and things like well, that. Where did you get all these things in the middle of Zurich? Well, uh, I don't really know. Uh, some things are picked up at flea markets. We even have, and that's not really in the book, but Sandoz... Mm-hmm. Uh, the exercise dumbbells, gymnastic, yes. yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, Joyce was interested in these, uh, in these things. Uh, yeah. uh, what is called popular culture now. I mean, it's, I mean, that's the interesting thing that people don't know. It's not only high literature and Dante and all of it. It's also the music hall and, and uh, everyday life and, uh, and yeah. advertisements. I mean, yes. Um, yes. Bloom is advertising. Stephen is teaching and perhaps writing. Molly is singing, and the daughter is a photographer. That's yes. a very, very up-to-date profession for nineteen oh four. Do you think, I mean, on that point, that one of the things Ulysses does for a reader is helps him or her to decode the city through images, through advertisements, through handbills and newspapers, Mm -hmm. that the city is, as someone said once, a language city now. Yeah, yeah. And this book is a, a training, really, yeah. in how to deal with all those media. Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing is also Joyce was really the first who put the city, the modern city, on the map. Now, the mere fact that in 2004, on the Sunday before the whole thing, that O'Connell Street was closed off and, uh, what is it, Dennis, Dennis served us, yes. basically, on the basis of one line in the book. I mean, that's the... Uh, the loaves and fishes, after all. Huh? Yeah, 10,000 Bloomsday breakfasts. Yeah, and I mean, th- that somebody <laughs> could do that or to to raise the price of soap, yeah. you know, have it basically a, an economic effect. Yeah. Uh, it takes something. Hmm? It does, and yes. As I say, uh, there are lots of writers and you can have um, dissertations, but if you become an object of kits, mm. an ashtray or a T-shirt... That's also success in some way. I think so. Um, Yeah, I remember going in uh, to town that morning and there was an ad on my bus stop in Clontarf Mm -hmm. and it had a very thin-looking Joyce who didn't look like he had Mm -hmm. himself tucked into a lot of Bloomsday Mm -hmm. breakfasts. But he was spearing the, the sausage and saying... And yes, I will, I said, yes, 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 <laughs> okay. which yeah. was a transposition yeah, yeah. of yeah, another yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to do with food yeah, yeah. when that line was first written. Yeah, yeah. A kidney oozed blood guts on the willow-patterned dish, the last. He stood by the next-door girl at the counter. Would she buy it too, calling the items from a slip in her hand? Chapped washing soda and a pound and a half of Denny's sausages. His eyes rested on her vigorous hips. Woods, his name is. Wonder what he does. Wife is oldish. New blood, no followers allowed. Strong pair of arms, whacking a carpet on the clothesline. She does whack it by George. 
the way her crooked skirt swings at each whack. And when you look at it closely, you see the, uh, the vibrations of a very ordinary incident that otherwise you just look, look through. So uh, you can really see the kind of everyday uh, drama that's mm. going on uh, in mm. ordinary life. I, I, I have often felt that kind of excitement, that male voyeurism mm -hmm. in certain passages. Yet I've also heard feminist students in my classes mm -hmm. say, well, this isn't doing anything for me. Yeah, do, you do you think there's a sense in which Joyce, because he came out of a Dublin where men hung around mostly with other men, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. is a kind of male yeah. author in the oh, end? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I mm -hmm. mean, and, and was that reflected in the early years of Joyce studies by a, a domination of the field mm -hmm. by male commentators? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, and I remember we had a student one who, who looked at Dubliners and how often do women speak and find out, well, they don't speak very much. Yeah. Often there are, not, there are no women there. And mm. in pubs, they weren't even allowed in. They couldn't have gone in. And uh, the, the funeral is an all-male affair in, yeah, in, in mm -hmm. Glasnevin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what do you think of feminists who have now come into the field and, you know, sometimes pointed this, these things out rather severely? Yeah. Uh, but also questioned whether someone, even a great artist like Joyce, can assume yeah. to give voice to the thoughts yeah. of a woman. Yeah. Um, that there is something invasive behind the Molly Bloom yeah. soliloquy, yeah. as well as a great technical yeah. achievement. First I gave him the bit of seed cake out of my mouth. And it was leap year, like now, yes. Sixteen years ago, my God. After that long kiss, I near lost me breath. Yes, he said I was a flower of the mountain, yes. So we are, flowers all, a woman's body. Yes, that was one true thing he said in his life. And the sun shines for you today, yes. That was why I liked him. Because I saw he understood or felt what a woman is. And I knew I could always get round him. And I gave him all the pleasure I could leading him on till he asked me to say yes. And I wouldn't answer first, only looked out over the sea and the sky. I was thinking of so many things he didn't know of. Again, we don't know. A feminist, in a way, came up and said, it's perhaps only a male projection or something like that. I remember when I was young, I asked female readers what they thought of Molly. And there were really two. One said, oh, I would never uh, never think like that. Uh, it's disgusting. Another said, yeah, more or less uh, changed circumstances. That's more or less how I feel. And interestingly, too, that's another. Molly becomes a character that can be discussed like a real person. Yes. Uh, and, and, and I know one new one Dublin doctor uh, who was a bit strict and said no man would ever go near a woman like that and I know at least one person who <laughs> at the word of Molly Bloom begins to salivate yes. so it's a whole spectrum of emotions and that's a creation after all yeah isn't it? no that has often struck me too there's a certain kind of male who finds it difficult to deal with yeah, Molly yeah. Bloom mm -hmm. I remember hearing of a performance given by the actress Fanula Flanagan mm -hmm. of the soliloquy in the course of which quite properly because it's in the text she masturbated, yeah. and mm -hmm. it's not the first act of masturbation yeah, yeah, in yeah. the book. And I heard that quite a number of very senior male bearded uh -huh. Joyce professors yeah, yeah. walked out yeah, yeah. and threw back their memberships of the James <laughs> Joyce International Foundation, uh -huh. as someone said to me, like Vietnam vets returning their medals, mm -hmm. because yeah, yeah. Fanula Flanagan, God lover, Dublin actress, yeah, was yeah. defiling a sacred text. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it had never struck them that Molly might be doing this. Yeah, yeah. 
Why can't you kiss a man without going and marrying him first? You sometimes love to wildly when you feel that way. So nice all over you, you can't help yourself. I wish some man or other would take me sometime when he's there and kiss me in his arms. There's nothing like a kiss, long and hot down to your soul, almost paralyses you. I've read many biographies in recent years, including a very fine biography of William Empson, mm-hmm. and they often mention you as being present when two major Joycean critics had a slugfest oh, about yeah. a text. Oh, yeah. You know, people like Kenner or my yeah, old yeah. teacher, Richard Elman, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and, 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 and um, Empson himself, yeah. in fact, with yeah, his yeah. Mm-hmm. very obsessive reading of Ulysses, yeah, yeah. as about how two men might achieve a homoerotic relation yeah. with each other through a woman yeah, in yeah. between. Um, you must be, at this stage, pretty amazed as well as amused by the antics of academics at these conferences. Yeah, yeah, that's always been uh, amused. I mean, I, you know, when the first symposium was in 67, it was only two days. One was in Ellsford Terrace. And I came and thought, these are now really the, the academics. They, they do this professionally. Yeah. And I was so disappointed. Uh, the, uh, first of all, they read it, were reading off a typescript. Somebody did something that had nothing to do with Joyce because he happened to have it ready. And I always hated that, yeah. that kind of academic promotion um, thing. Uh, those who were out for careers, I've often been amused or angered by the stupidity of intelligent people. <laughs> that kind of thing. And I've, I've been in Zurich and seen the way your uh, foundation works, that anyone can walk in really yes. from this. It's very yeah. democratic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. have to have yeah. qualifications yeah, yeah. Now, and I think publications. that was Joyce. Joyce obviously thought that everybody who's reading could read his works. Yeah. And I often say Joyce paid us the greatest possible compliment that we are equal to reading his works. Though in many ways, uh, nobody is on the other hand. I mean, that's another thing. Nobody can go back to the Dublin of that time, have all the experience he had, um, the reading he did and, and all of that. And it takes a great effort uh, yes. to project back. And do you think it was important not only that he went away, but he didn't really come back except on brief visits? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that story in Dubliners, a little Chandler. Yeah. Um, is, is about someone who comes back and poses as a great success, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but isn't really. Yeah, yeah. He found something mean in the pretty furniture which he had bought for his house on the hire system. Annie had chosen it herself, and it reminded him of her. It, too, was prim and pretty. A dull resentment against his life awoke within him. Could he not escape from his little house? Was it too late for him to try to live bravely like Gallagher? Could he go to London? There was the furniture still to be paid for. If he could only write a book and get it published, that might open the way for him. I mean, that's another thing, how the Dubliner stories get more and more right and uh, also become much more funny as, yeah. as, as, as it goes on. Do you think they are an account given by a young man of, in a way, his reasons for leaving? Yeah. I mean, ma- uh, many of the stories uh, are of people who did not do what Joyce did. Hmm? Yeah, who uh, stayed uh, away. and mm-hmm. stopped fast yeah. and, as Elman yeah. said, yeah. deteriorated. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing, by the way, I always try to how much we owe to coincidence. Hmm. What would have happened if Joyce had not been directed to Zurich for a job that wasn't there? If he had not gone to Trieste, he if would have done... Dub- if he'd been given a job, say, in a newspaper in Dublin, yeah. writing literary criticisms... And I also think that one reason for Joyce going away would have been he could have ended up, like so many Irish writers of talent, 
who in a way hang around pubs, are miserable with the world and everything. And imagine Joyce went into a very uncertain future. He had, he had great courage and great belief in himself. You're very interested in one of the stories at the moment, the boarding house. Yeah. In a way, it's, it's a love story in reverse. Yes. It has all the trappings. Boy meets girl, ends in a marriage. Yes. Happy ending. And we know it is not. It, it's the negative. It's trapped. It's a trap. And yeah. Trapped and all of this. And what is also interesting in way Joycean, it begins very traditionally in an exposition, you might say. And then you have different views, first from Mrs. Mooney, mm-hmm. dominant. Then you have um, Doran or Doran, who is passive. She's active. She has transitive verbs, by the way. He's, he is uh, passive. He thought he had been had. Very mm. passive, and then there, there's Millie, who is a kind of a vague, and all, and you have three different views, and we don't know what happened. He had money enough to settle down on. It was not that, but the family would look down on her. First of all, there was her disreputable father, and then her mother's boarding house was beginning to get a certain fame. He had a notion that he was being had. He could imagine his friends talking of the affair and laughing. She was a little vulgar. Sometimes she said, I seen, and if I had have known. But what would grammar matter if he really loved her? He could not make up his mind whether to like her or despise her for what she had done. Of course, he had done it too. His instinct urged him to remain free, not to marry. Once you are married, you are done for, it said. I can't help remembering the fact that W.B. Yeats, after seven or eight visits to the poet Catherine Tynan proposed marriage to her uh-huh. simply because he felt the repeated visits left him with no other option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was yeah. a very different world, wasn't it? I, uh, I would think so. People could be trapped into a marriage yeah. who, who hadn't, in fact, done anything I, other I than visit. The mere fact that they were in the same room together would yeah. be enough. So he could be punished for relatively little. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Joyce came out of that world of constraint and yet he ran off with a woman he was not married to, yeah, yeah. Oh, who yeah. was herself utterly free in yeah. sexual terms, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. maybe even voracious in her oh, demands yeah. on him. Yeah. But later on, the thir- he turned and became respectable. That was also interesting, you know, became very bourgeois. It, it wasn't the early Joyce then at the end. He really became uh, respectable. Do you think he was frowning on a version of his earlier self? I don't quite know. Maybe we all turned that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fritz Sand, thank you very much You're indeed. Welcome. James Joyce and Me was presented by Declan Kybert and the producer was Bernadette Comerford. The readings were by Barry McGovern and Anne-Marie Horan. The programme is made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rte.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One.